uh, what's that you say? You, you said you wanted to tune in to another episode of the Producers Podcast. Well, <laughs> here we go. Welcome back to another episode of the Producers Podcast. I am KJ, one of the producers of The Drive, and I am here with Colin. You usually hear his beautiful, soothing voice on DU Hockey, which you can find on 104.3 to Fan HD 3. Colin, what's up with you, bro? Yo, my man, so good to be here with you. And I do got to say, I mean, I might I might say I have the smooth voice, but I don't have the smooth stylings of you. And also, you did make the right choice by tuning in today because, as we all know, I mean, KJ, you bring the fire and I just keep stoking that fire. Hey, man, you know, it's a perfect combination. It, it's true. And there is something I got to say, you know, speaking of fire and maybe firings, I just, I had a new nickname for you. And I got I, we got to test it out. Okay, okay. It's Kamaje Damas, because just mm. like Nostradamus, I mean, you see it, you call it how you see it, but you also told me a few weeks about ago about some firings and some things going on, and they've come true. So I, I don't know if this just works mm. with uh, people losing their jobs or getting hired, but you have a, you have a certain touch to it. Ah, uh, well, well, first and foremost, I appreciate that. Come Kamajay Thomas. For those who don't know, Kamajay is my first name. Yes. So, um, okay, well, Kamajay Thomas. Like, all right, we can test running around. Hey, it's all good, you, man. Hey, keep, <laughs> keep getting things right, and it'll stick, my <laughs> hey, man. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I have no problem with. So you're right. <laughs> there we go. So, man, hey, listen, man, we're just having a few minutes of just chopping it up, and uh, you know, we first off just want to thank you all so much for listening and tuning in to. Uh, you know what I think will be a very enlightening and uh, eye-opening episode because we're we're going to get into the heart of some things that have been going on here in Denver sports. That uh, let's just say it's, it's been it's been it's been tough here to, to, in in Denver, but we're we're going to see if we can right the ship in the next twenty-five to thirty minutes. So let's get it rolling. Let's go. Let's go. The Denver Nuggets. Nuggets. Woo. Nuggets. Nuggets are rolling as they are looking to. Secure the number one seed for the playoffs in the Western Conference. And hopefully they can catch either the Bucks and or the Celtics for the overall number one seed. Oh. But that's another conversation for another day. The Denver Nuggets are trying to secure the number one seed in the West. And I think it's interesting that we reached a place where we know without the shadow of a doubt that the Denver Nuggets are going to be... Western Conference at a minimum. Um, And I think it's safe to say that because with everything that the Denver Nuggets have done this year in regards to uh, guys being healthy, let's start there. And then retooling the bench, I think, you know, you found chemistry. uh, You have guys who know their roles. and, And then more importantly, uh, as it should, you're running everything through Nikola Jokic, and I think what we've seen with the triple doubles, which we'll get in, we'll get in the heart of that conversation uh, throughout this episode. But with the triple doubles, they've shown great success thus far. Uh, at the moment that we're recording this podcast, he is he has 24 triple doubles on the season, and the Nuggets are 24 and 0 when he mm. gets a triple double. Stats don't lie. Stats don't lie, He's baby. also in triple digits for his career. Reached reach the 100 mark. There you go. And so we want to say congratulations yes. to Nikola Jokic on that, man, because that's super, super important. 
to highlight. Uh, there's never been a center as unique and as humble and as just down to earth as Nikola Jokic. I think. I thought you were going to go goofy for a second. Well, he, he, <laughs> I mean, Shaq was pretty goofy, I guess. But <laughs> oh, no, no doubt that no one will ever be Shaq when it comes to being goofy. Yeah. But I think Nikola Jokic is definitely uh, one of one of the one of the greatest uh, to do it at his position. Colin, what I want to ask you is what number one, what will it take for the Nuggets to secure the number one seed? And then two, what exactly should this Nuggets team look like rotation wise as we're getting ready to ramp up for the playoffs? Uh well, first and foremost is health, as we've seen. I got a little nervous on Sunday having seen Michael Porter Jr. go down. You know, one thing I do want to say is it's it's a good thing the Nuggets don't have the Baltimore Ravens strength and conditioning staff because Michael Porter Jr. may not have ever seen the court this season or ever again. <laughs> Shots fired, you know? Hey, they got an F minus. Is there such thing as an F minus? I don't know. I mean, well, I know that's football, but well, yeah. come on, man. Like an F minus? Uh, How do you get an F minus? For for context on what Colin is talking about, uh, the NFLPA put out a poll uh, during the week of uh, February 27th through March the 3rd. And uh, let's just say that uh, some teams got some very less than uh, impressive grades, and the Ravens uh, were one of those teams. Yeah, an F- on strength and conditioning. But it is health for the Nuggets, and that's the bottom line, and that's what it has been through the years. We've been saying this since the bubble. Well, Jamal Murray's here. Well, there's no Michael Board Jr. We'll get these guys back and these pieces back. And they haven't had all those pieces together until now. So, yeah, Sunday, when Sunday happened and MPJ got uh, rolled up uh, on his three-point shot that he made, you know, it ended up being a four-point play, that was a little nerve-wracking because sometimes that one injury can cause other ones. You know, when you're favoring another, you know, hurt ankle or hurt foot, his back could flare up because he's favoring it, he's walking differently, anything like that. So any little tweak or minor thing, that's what scares me about this team. And even you look at Jamal Murray and his injury, when he got injured again, it was the opposite knee because he wasn't – you just favorite. Naturally, you're worried about using that. So get, staying, getting in, staying healthy, that's the first and biggest, most important key. But also staying in games. You know, we, you said the Nuggets are rolling, you know, after they got rolled by the Memphis Grizzlies. They started to roll again. You look at the Houston game and what happened there. The Nuggets are learning not to blow leads anymore. That's something that's been a long-standing tradition, really, is the third-quarter swoon or nap that the Nuggets take coming out of halftime is that they blow their leads. But you saw it with that Rockets game, and you've seen it in some other games this year, where they come out and they're learning how to have that killer mentality, that foot on your throat, we're going to finish this game, you have no you have no chance of coming back in this because right. we're not going to let you. And that's where they've struggled because it's hard to turn that on and off because as we've seen the Nuggets, when they've had those things happen, they've blown leads and lost those games because of the blown leads because they haven't been able to turn it back on. So just keep the light switch on. Just let let it flow. That's let- it. Hey, I, I, I love it. I think you, you hit a lot of great points there, I mean, between – you know, staying healthy, finding that consistency, and then being able to capitalize on your momentum. I think all of those things are super important. Yeah, I was going to say, now Now, where do you go with that? Are any of those part of yours? Or 
Are you on a different end of that spectrum? Well, no, no. I think me and you are definitely parallel in in, in that. I think, you know, for me, my biggest thing with the Denver Nuggets is going to always, always, always be understand who you are so that you don't have to fight with who you are not. Um, And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you understand that Nikola Jokic is on his way to be a three-time MVP. You understand that Jamal Murray is fully back from his ACL tear uh, in 2021 so he's the second, you know, second fiddle guy. MPJ, he understands that he can get it rolling at any point. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, AG is probably turning to, we're playing alongside Nikola Jokic, he's turning into one of the best cutters in the league, if not the best. KCP has one of the top five three-point uh, percentages in the league right now. I mean, then we go to the bench. Reggie Jackson is just a steady force. And Bruce Brown, he's going to always be a glue guy who can do a little bit of everything on both sides of the court. Vlako Chanchar, he's going to always be in position to make threes and kind of hold his own defensively. And then, you know, you have a unique situation with Thomas Bryan and Zeke Naji, which it'll be interesting to see what, what Coach Malone does there. With everyone knowing that I have to execute my role for us to be successful, I think it's understood that as long as I do that, we're good to go. But when I start to either overcompensate or I go outside of myself, that's when you start to see the Denver Nuggets get in trouble. Well, and I, I fully agree. And that, I think, is one of those things that having a player like Jokic who's so steady and keeps the ship right because he's not going to let an MPJ – he's not going to let an MPJ have an old J.R. Smith type of night where he just keeps shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting no matter what. Right. Because he won't give him the ball. <laughs> he, he, he will find the guy who will make the shot, not the one who won't. Mm. And and so that having Jokic being that steadying force – it is huge going into these playoffs, and you asked about rotation, and you mentioned some guys there. And one, it's Brown. Will Will Malone pull another Davon Reed this postseason? Like, I mean, Christian mm, Brown has has had to have had too much of an influence on this team. You know, I know Davon came over later, but he was left off the playoff roster. You know, there there are some things that happen, and then we all know how Malone in the playoffs, like every coach, shortens their bench, but he really doesn't like using rookies. So, oh, you know, is is there going to be a moment if Brown fumbles, you know, down here, down the stretch, does Malone say, hey, this guy's not ready for the postseason yet and make a mistake? Because I, I believe that would be a mistake to leave him off with what he's done. You know, one the, one of the reasons why – uh, Bones Highland isn't here in a nugget anymore. One of the many, but it's because of the uh, because of the emergence of Christian Brown. Right. So your your finals roster and your rotation, you got to have a guy like Brian in there. I think you got to have a guy like Thomas Bryant more so than Zeke Naji. He's played more and he just he's played more minutes and he's more of a force than Naji is right now. So if if a uh, if Jokic goes out because of foul trouble, which doesn't often happen in the playoffs, but let's not put anything past any of these NBA referees. Right. If Jokic gets in trouble, who do you want out there? Is it a Zeke Naji or a Thomas Bryant? And it's a Thomas Bryant for me right now. Mm, you think so? Yeah. I am actually leaning Zeke. Do you? Yeah. I like a guy who has a consistent three-point shot, and I think 
a guy who knows where he needs to be. Now, again, I understand Thomas Bryant just got here, so I'm not going to necessarily hold that against him right now. But I think it is interesting because Zeke Najee's done a great job of, of being a steady force. And even though offensively he hasn't always given what we think he could give, I think the fact that defensively he always knows where he needs to be He's sturdy. He, he's he's a guy who can switch on pretty much any position and not lose sight of what he's supposed to do. I think that's an important asset for Malone because um, you need a guy who has his head on the swivel every time down on both sides of the court. And to your point, I think that's what really frustrates him about playing rookies. Yeah. Last year he played Bones Holland because he had to. Uh, I think when you look at this season in particular, he's played Christian Brown a little bit more than I think some anticipated. Definitely. Well, beat. it kind of took him getting called out to. Well, hey, you know, that's, I mean, however it happened, it's it's play. It's, it's definitely part of it, yeah. But but I think it's also part of his mantra now, where he's just like, if you want to play for this team, you got to earn your minutes. Um, and, and so I can always respect that about Coach Malone. And I think at the end of the day, I don't think it's as much about Christian Brown having a short leash as it is about Christian Brown knowing that as long as I do X, Y, and Z. I'll always have a solid 12 to 15 every night. That's fair. And, and, you know, that is fair. And I guess to go back, I didn't say Z, I wasn't meaning like leave Najee off the postseason roster. Right, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I see a lot more of Thomas Bryant playing because he is going to (sighs) be. Zeke Najee is, uh, what is it? Uh, expert at most, but a master at none. I don't know how. I can't remember the exact. <laughs> yeah, series. it's like a. It's you're a jack of all trades, yes. but master, master of none. none. Yeah, and that's what Zeke Naji is. Where Thomas Bryant, you kind of just you know he's going to he's going to be there. He's going to be in the center, athletic enough to do some things, but he's not Jokic athletic. And you mentioned the three, you know, the three and the way that Naji can extend the court, but I mean. That's why you have Reggie Jackson now. That's why you have KCP. That's why you have Bruce Brown. You know, that's why you have all these guys on the team. Let that happen. Let this guy focus on the defense, the one guy that he needs to do, getting boards and getting it to those playmakers. Because, you know, as nice as it is to have a Jokic who can create and do all those things, you're not going to – you don't have that everywhere else. So – Sometimes you just got to have guys who play their specific roles mm-hmm. rather than guys who try and do a little bit too much. Like, you know, you said earlier, just stay in your lane. Stay in your, stay lane, in your bro. lane, I mean, there's a, you're on the number one team. Bro, listen, man. We So here in Denver, Colorado, for those who may <laughs> live far out listening to this podcast, we have a huge interstate called I-25. And oftentimes we have people getting in and out of the lanes, don't know what the heck they're doing. I'm like, you would never work in my team. I would never hire you based off of your driving. You don't know how to stay in your lane. Don't know how to stay in your lane. I mean, I wish everyone had a how's my driving sticker on the back of their oh, car. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> man. I'm talking about we'll be burning that 1-800 number up. I'd be ready. I mean, every time. Just like, where's my dash cam camera? I got to go through my list of people to call tonight. <laughs> I got some midnight phone calls to make and catch up on. Oh uh, yeah, but stay in your lane, and that's and that's really what I feel like the Nuggets reserve players need to do for this playoff run. And what I think Malone is looking for is these guys to come in, do their job, and get it back to the starters, right? Because that's what the playoffs are. It's your short bench, it's your starters playing lots of big minutes, and you know we've said it. You know to go back, we've said it already. 
the reason why the Nuggets and Nuggets fans have complained and said they haven't won is because they haven't had their starting lineup together. So how are you going to go into the playoffs and give your bench guys a bunch of minutes? Well, I, I agree with you. If the one trend I've seen, uh, I saw it a little bit before All-Star break, but I'm definitely starting to see it a little bit more now, is Malone will leave Jamal Murray out there with the bench literally into the second quarter. Like, we're talking, I mean, he'll play him a, a, a solid five to six minutes into the second quarter. And I'm like, okay, he's – He's going to just let them play straight through and then bring them back for like the last couple of minutes of the second quarter to get them, you know, to to halftime. And then it's the same thing from the third to the fourth. I think in the playoffs, you'll see a little bit more mixed matching in regards to Jamal Murray and MPJ specifically. Jokic, as you well know, will probably only be out the floor I mean, eight minutes. Max I, I was gonna say max. A, I was gonna start at five. You say five? Yeah, <laughs> five, five seems I'm, like a lot so too. I'm, 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 I'm thinking eight. Just and I'm being super generous because at the end of the day, Nikola Jokic is going to play at a bare minimum ten minutes in each quarter because Malone is like, dude, I want you to get your rest, but like, this is when I need you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, this, this is when you earn your stripes as an MVP. Um, the regular season is fine, but this is when you earn your stripes. And I think, to your point, as that rotation tightens up and as they're securing that number one seed, uh, then I think at the end of the day, Malone will know that he has his eight to nine guys with maybe three guys if they ever get in foul trouble that he can lean on off the bench. Uh, and what I mean by those extra three guys is, you know, you you just mentioned a few sec, uh, a few minutes ago that sometimes you have a moment where you shrink your lineup so much so that you got to make sure that you're not leaving out a guy who actually could be benefiting your rotation uh, rather than the guys that have kind of what I call quote unquote been there all year. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, the reason why I honestly believe that Jamal Murray has been out there more with that second unit too is to show them. The leadership. I mean, they oh, yeah. see it in practice. They see it in the games. But when you're actually on the court with that guy, you get a different understanding of it because he is pointing out all the little things and he's pointing them out right away. He's not waiting for a timeout. You know, he's telling you in that moment, you go here right now, you go there, you know, and he is working that offense. Whereas before the, before the trade deadline, the second unit was kind of helter skelter all over the place type of stuff yeah it definitely was and, and, and there were times it was beautiful because they hit everything but man sometimes it was like what is going for on? sure man and, I, and i'm not going to take this moment to kind of quote unquote bag on bones or anything but the bottom line is man when he was hot he was hot and when he wasn't he wasn't and i think that really affected the mentality of the second unit outside of bruce brown because he's a vet he doesn't yeah. care but the rest of those guys, I think they kind of feed it off. They 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 fed off of Bones Highland's energy. So well, and, and the, yeah, this wasn't just a Bones thing either. Because no, not necessarily. And, and that not necessarily. that's not where I was going. I I get how it could be construed as that, but because we saw it with Christian Brown, sometimes he would start taking shots, and he was just it's like, why are you still shooting? Like you're not hot tonight, and that's part of the reason why he got benched for a while. So you saw a little bit of that all over. But having Jamal there just to kind of start off is just like, all right, guys, this is how this thing is run. Like, this is how this team does this. Not that it can't be done other ways. Not that other teams can't do it other ways. But this is how we do it here in Denver. Right. And that's And it should be that second unit should also be able to seamlessly transition to the starter if they're, you know, it's going to be a 
talent level drop off, but they should be able to seamlessly transition to that starting role if need be, because they already know how it goes. They already know what to expect Mm -hmm. because this is, this is what we do here instead of that, you know, second unit being a completely different animal than, than the first unit. It's just a little bit of consistency helps. Yeah, I I would definitely agree. I I think to your point, it all depends on what Malone will need from his vets off the bench that night. Cause you know, you can you can go Christian Brown, you can go Vlatko, you can go Jeff, you can go DeAndre, you can go Thomas, you can go Zeke. I mean, he has a multitude of things he could play with, and not to mention he has Ish Smith if all else fails at the point guard position. So, I mean, he has a plethora of options to go with, and I think at the end of the day, understanding that you have a lot, but who fits the best together? And I think that's where things will get interesting as the Nuggets are looking to make a run to not just the Western Conference Finals, which I think personally I think they have that already unlocked. Don't don't, don't you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> the first two games rounds, left. the first two rounds won't be a problem, not to me. Um, so I, I I just think that you know that's that's going to be super important from long. The bench is super important right now. And you you mentioned the two names that are most important for the playoffs to keep an eye on Ish Smith. And DeAndre Jordan, absolutely. Which which veterans is is Malone going to keep a rookie, Christian Brown, on the roster over one of these veterans? Going into the playoffs, I think you can. I think you can run a twelve man rotation. Uh, twelve, as in like you have your your, yeah. your original twelve, and then you have like you know like three guys that you can uh, you know call upon if you need to add them into the rotation at any point once you get into the playoffs. To your point. That, that that does get interesting, man. But I think if you run into a situation where you need Christian Brown and you don't have him as a coach, that makes you look like an absolute buffoon. Yep. <laughs> uh, my nickname playing poker, my moniker was Nerdy Buffoon. <laughs> it still is. Well, hey, listen, um, you know, based off of what I know about you, uh, you you play poker well. So uh, I don't know how you got that nickname. <laughs> You, you, you got a, is it a story uh, worth yeah, telling? No, or? no, not a story worth telling. Oh, okay. uh, right. Honestly, it was just a, a name generator thing, and that's what All it came right. up with, so that's what it was. Hey. I mean, I've, I've made some uh, monkey type of calls, but <laughs> like, not very good. You know, like you could train a monkey to do better at poker than me some nights, but that's all right. Hey, man, listen, uh, at least you still live on to tell about it. Some people yeah. can't even do that. Yes, that's true. So with that being said, Speaking of buffoons and playing poker oh. and people not making nice. sense, I see. What uh, you did there. There's a man out there right now, and uh, let's just say uh, he 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 is uh, he's he's on my list. He's on my list of people who are just absolute idiots, like you people who don't know what they're talking about. So, Colin. Earlier during the campaign for MVP for Nikola Jokic, specifically February 28th and March 1st, is when these particular comments came out about Nikola Jokic potentially being a stat patter or, you know, Nikola Jokic, you know, this guy is, you know, one of three players to, you know, win the MVP without, you know, finishing top 10 in scoring you know, different stupid narratives. And the guy I'm talking about that's driving these gargantuan, just 
head-scratching narratives is Kendrick Perkins from ESPN. I don't know what's going on with this guy. I don't know why he feels the need to do this, but I, I think he's just he's going off the deep end. And before I really go in on Kendrick Perkins, I'm going to open up the floor to you, and I'm going to say, what do you think about all of the different narratives that have come out, not just with Kendrick Perkins, but everybody else uh, in regards to why people feel that Nikola Jokic shouldn't win a third straight MVP? I mean, first and foremost, it is you get tired of the same thing. It's not that Jokic doesn't deserve it. We we saw it year after year after year when it was, you know, Jordan, and everyone wants something different after a while. You know, you like you like to change it up and get a different flavor. And Jokic is doing – Jokic is literally doing things that have never been done before. And so how can you take it away – from a guy who is accomplishing things that you've never seen. And he's doing it night in, night out. It's it's tough to say that there's anyone better or more important to a team because it's been laid out. Jokic doesn't uh, – can, can anyone name the other All-Stars that were from the Nuggets this year? Waiting, in- waiting. Inside waiting, the crickets. Waiting. Sure. Okay. Sure. Nobody. Sure. He, doesn't, he doesn't have All-Stars surrounding him. And yet he's led this team, you know, yeah, the Nuggets have lost, but they, you know, we all talk about injuries. They've lost because of injuries. They haven't had their full squad. And now the Nuggets still don't have all these all-star players, but they're winning in the best team in the West. And this is right. a Utah Jazz, best in the West, faux pas, like fake, you know, fake, fake champion. Right. This it's, is yeah, a legitimate exactly. number one contender. Right. And so to say Jokic is padding his stats – I want to say it was uh, last year when I went through his stats and when he was short one or two, whether it be points or assists per game, if if I added all those up, I want to say he would have had 40 like triple doubles where it was just like one or two points, whether it was points, assists or rebounds short in all of those games. And if he wanted to pad his stats, trust me, he could. That Clippers game was a perfect example of him not padding his stats. You go to overtime, Jokic is one assist short of a triple double. What does he do? He takes over that game and he hits buckets. He's not looking to pass first to get his triple double. He is looking to win the game. He ended up getting in the triple double on a not but at the end of the game throwing an alley oop, which is just sick. Right. Like he gets the turnover, throws the alley oop, and he gets the triple double then. But he was looking to win. He's not looking to pad stats. And Kendrick Perkins, this is so just. Unbelievable. I mean, he's in Nick Wright territory right now. Right. <laughs> unbelievable. It, it, it is unbelievable. You know, I put out a poll on Twitter, and I asked people, what's one thing that you like to add to your chili? And I said, I gave the options of cheese, crackers, sour cream, and then other, you know, just in case we have a cuckoo bird out there um, that adds <laughs> something weird or something. Um, and so – from there, my number one answer running away without any other options being selected was cheese because chili and cheese go together. Yep. And you talked about it at the beginning of your argument of sometimes it may be fatigue, but in reality, if something is meant to work and it tastes good and it feels good and it looks good and it looks right and it just it, it, it gives you all of the feels and you can tell that this looks different compared to what else my eyes 
are telling me that I should like, then I think at the end of the day, if you like it, you like it. Mm-hmm. Now, in regards to Kendrick Perkins' comment, comments, I think sometimes in life you get, you come across a guy who feels the need to have to drive a certain narrative to, you know, make himself feel relevant. And I think that's kind of what we run into. Nikola Jokic is a guy who doesn't really respond to any of the goofiness. He doesn't really go out of his way to uh, be super sociable. He doesn't even have social media. He doesn't really put himself out there in front of the cameras or anything like that. In in this day and age, Nikola Jokic has been so focused on winning and just so driven to be all that he can be in regards to being the best teammate, the best player, and be the best champion that he can be, that to even think that he has time on his mental time, on his watch, on his phone, just when he looks at the time, it it, it doesn't read, hey, man, got a stat pad right now. Okay. (laughs) Time for that assist. Right, it's time for that assist. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, Oh, my gosh, it's 7.59 p.m., uh, oh, oh, yeah, it says it's 521 left in the fourth. I've got to get this. I have got to. Listen, stat padding is one of those things that it usually comes from someone who desires to have something. And if you want to say that Nikola Jokic's teammates play a part in him actually going the extra mile to get the triple-double, What's wrong with that? They're playing a part in history. They want this just as much for him as they wanted for the fans to be able to cheer him on as he continues to push the needle forward as one of the greatest centers ever. So you mean to tell me that for one second, this guy, when he is in the mode of winning and trying to play in the confines of Coach Malone's offense, has time to sit up here and compute in his brain, now is the time where I get the stat pad. Oh, my gosh. No, 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 no. That's not how players of his caliber works. I mean, look, he wasn't – I can't even start off with the fact that he wasn't raised that way. When he got here, he didn't even think that way as a player, period. Like, it, he just wanted an opportunity. Yeah. That's it. He was drafted in the second round doing a Taco Bell Taco commercial. Bell? Where's my chalupa? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he just wanted an opportunity. And I think at the end of the day, guys who understand that these types of opportunities don't come around often, you don't want to do anything to mess it up. And if you're going out of your way to stat pad, you're playing a part in your own demise because that stuff only takes you so far. After Russell Westbrook got done stat padding yep, in 2016. That's exactly what I was going to go to. And then he eventually went on to average a triple-double for three more seasons. It all became blah, and we literally – diluted what a trip what the value of a triple double means Nikola Jokic has added value back to that because he is a pass first guy not a score first guy it just so happens that he can score because that's just how great he is and literally no one in the league and I mean no one can defend him you can slow him down because that's just kind of how the nature of the beast is sometimes but you cannot stop Nikola Jokic and if you think that he wants to be a stat patter, then you don't know what you're looking at, and you don't know Nikola Jokic. Yeah, because that the, what you gave earlier, the Nuggets haven't lost a game when he's gotten a triple-double. That is not 
uh, like that is that is not a stat padding like type of thing. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just how can I? I just I really don't see how you can think that that is stat padding in any stretch. It's it's a winning formation and. One thing you said earlier is like his teammates want it for him, whether it be him getting rebounds or not. I don't even think it's necessarily that. How many other players do we see taking rebounds and throwing full full court touchdown passes to someone at the other end for an alley? We don't see players doing that like Jokic does. Right. We don't see the smart players getting it to the right guy. All the time. Usually you get a rebound, you get your outlet, you bring it up the court. Jokic is looking to push it. Jokic is looking for the next guy. He is the best one to have control of the ball. So as a team, it is smartest to get the ball in his hands. I, I agree. Outside of Wade to LeBron back in the Miami days, there's literally no one I'd rather have uh, throw, you know, passes full court since we're talking about passing specifically. And I think that's what makes Nikola Jokic so unique is the way his brain works. He's always thinking plays and plays ahead, man. He's always trying to think about how can I make my teammates better? How can I put them in a position to succeed? How can I make sure that these guys know that I, I want the best for them and that at the end of the day, no matter what happens out here on the court, when we go back in that locker room, we're still brothers. That's super important. And I think sometimes you can kind of forget how important that kind of stuff is because Nikola Jokic isn't a super boisterous, outgoing guy, as I kind of uh, mentioned a few minutes ago. But that doesn't mean that his greatness doesn't have an impact on and off the court. And that's something that we cannot take for granted. No, and for Kendrick Perkins to go out and say what he said about Jokic, and by the way, be very – two-faced about it the one thing that i really lost respect for perkins on this is that he's he's at one person in front of one group of people and one person in front of another like he's very transformative because he told some other local media here all these things it was there was nothing about stat padding but then he gets on and all of a sudden he's a different person and so there's a lot you know Kamaji, I respect the hell out of you man i mean you are a genuinely good dude i appreciate that and if you weren't I wouldn't want to be around you, and I don't want to even hear Perkins' voice anymore because it's like, where is this coming from? I don't even know. You know, obviously, I don't know him personally, but that dude will change faces on you over and over again, and that is something that, you know, it, now it's all just white noise to me. Anything that he says, it's I, I don't I don't give it any credit. No, I, I definitely agree. And uh, first off, let me start off with the fact you are a an amazing person, man. So working with you and being around you as a person is something that has made me better as as, as a human. And, and so I'm grateful for you. Appreciate you. Beyond that, I will say Kendrick Perkins, not only has he lost his credibility here in Denver, I don't want to hear another word from that goofball because the bottom line is, look, not only did you insult another media member here in town, which we all have great respect for. Mm-hmm. You went out of your way to tell that man on Twitter that, hey, I gave you content. I made <laughs> you better. I added more traffic to your page. Dude, go get your arrogant self out of here. Like, let's start with the fact that you're talking about how out of three MVPs since 1990, between Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki, and Nikola Jokic, you knocked those guys because they didn't finish top 10 in scoring, but you didn't at least acknowledge the fact that Dirk Nowitzki 
actually was tied for 10th with Tracy McGrady the year that he won? You didn't even mention that. Like, how silly is that? And you always talking about the goalpost moving. I think at the end of the day, yes, the goalpost has to move. You think it's narrative-driven. I think at the end of the day, it's about understanding the times that you're in. Like, right now, Nikola Jokic is doing things that nobody else has ever done. And the way that he's doing it is so unique that we'll never see it again. You don't want to let this moment pass by without acknowledging his greatness. And I think that's just as important. It's not to say that MB or Giannis or LeBron or Ja or SGA or whoever you want to name isn't doing a great job, Luca, whoever. But it is to say that if you're going to take a narrative to say that three white guys got it because of their skin color, outside of the fact that it was the way that they played, dude, you are crazy, man. You are crazy. Yeah. And, I, and the only reason he said that, because nobody else wants to admit this, the only reason he said that is because NBA players are in his ear telling him to say that so that they can get the message out there and be like, hey, you heard Big Perk. Hey, Big Perk, he know. He know, yeah. he know what's going on, you know, so the players can back him up. Dude, you're going to lose credibility trying to take up for those guys who, at the end of the day, won't do nothing for your career, man. Like, they're going to tank your career. They're going to tank it, dude. Like, I just can't even believe that you would think that way, bro. But at the end of the day, man, you get to know the heart of a person over time because time reveals truth. Yeah. And, and when you're talking out both sides of your mouth, it's going to catch up, and it's caught up real quickly here locally because of that and what Perk and did. cashing too many checks, bro. Like, yeah. as a matter of fact, just go sit down somewhere. And and it's one of those things, you know, you can mention those guys' names, but you think about when Dirk did it. He literally, he, he was, I don't want to say a blueprint for Jokic because he was a different type of big man, but he made being able to – get out on you know into the, onto the arc and everything a thing of beauty you know his the way he played he made the big man much different than it used to be steve nash was leading an offense that literally set records and was unstoppable during the regular season <laughs> but he th- those guys were doing things that you hadn't seen before which is exactly what we're seeing with jokic things that we haven't seen before exactly and it's not taking away as you said from Embiid, Giannis. Jaw, I mean, anybody else, they're great. But get yourself in the record books. I mean, you got to think people got sick of seeing Wilt score all those points. But Exactly. You know, it, when you're witnessing greatness, you're witnessing greatness. How many people realistically argue Larry Bird, or should I say argue against Larry Bird when he made his three-peat run uh, right there in the mid to late 80s? Nobody. Because everybody conceded that we're watching one of, and at the time, they were probably saying, if not the greatest player yeah. we've ever seen. And when we come back years later, people can halfway acknowledge the fact that he's one of the greatest ever, yeah. but they can't fully acknowledge that he's doing something we've never seen before at his position. That's what kind of really just gets me going, man. I just I just don't get it. And honestly, I think I just hit the nail on the head. I don't get why they can't understand, but I have to understand that they don't understand. And when they don't understand, you'll never be able to have proper perception because at the end of the day, we say patience is a virtue, perception is too. Yeah. And I think you can't knock the fact that when people don't understand, they're going to create different narratives that honestly may not be true because it's not rooted in truth. 
Yeah, and the ability to see th- see things through someone else's eyes and perceiving it. I mean, the way I was viewing some some stuff that happened in the NBA, you know, it's okay to have different views and understand people who view things differently. Because I viewed like I viewed the trade deadline as kind of you know a wash, a loss, whatever. Even though the Nuggets got Reggie Jackson. And one of uh, one of the other guys, Joe, who's also a producer here, who I was talking with, mm-hmm. he viewed it as Reggie Jackson was part of the trade deadline deal. And I get it. I understand it. And that's okay. He just views it differently. Right. But if you can't see other people's points of view or even take a minute to acknowledge them, you're, you're just – you're missing the whole point of being around people. I mean, you might as well just sit in a room with yourself all day and talk to yourself because if you're not going to listen to anyone or take any advice or hear anything from anyone – it's useless. You're never going to grow as a person, and you're always going to change yourself to that other narrative. You're never listening. You're always the one talking. I, I definitely agree. And uh, as we get ready and wrap this 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 podcast, yeah, we got to stop talking. Um, <laughs> you know, as as we get ready to to close this thing out here uh, in 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 just a moment, I, I want to send out a personal message to Kendrick Perkins, and I just want to say this: Listen, man. I don't know if you'll ever hear this or even if you'll ever care. But I do want you to understand that if anybody should understand how hard it is to have to endure all that Nikola Jokic has had to endure, it should be you. Like, you were underrated, and I think people didn't really understand the value that you had for the things that you did while you were in the league. Not to mention the fact that as a black man, you already have so many things working against you every single day that you step outside of your door of your home. And I think you can't knock the fact that when guys face adversity, you have one or two options that you can choose. And if you choose to drive a narrative more than you do express truth, then don't be surprised when you look around, there's no one to support you. Well said. Well said, KJ. Kamaji Damas. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we just want to say, man, thank, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. It was uh, a very, uh, you know, deep podcast, and we, we got into some 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 very uh, unique things that, that needed to be touched on uh, that's, that's going on here in, in Denver, and that's just going on in society, period. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, uh, maybe it gave you guys some insight to some things that were going on or a new perspective to something. But, you know, let's let's be open to different things, and let's not let what we believe is the truth to be so concrete that we can't even begin to see it from someone else's perspective. Be and I genuine. think that's super important. Yeah, man, but just be genuine, be real, and know that at the end of the day, we all got an opinion, and no need for you to knock someone else's opinion just to get yours across. Yeah, man. Oh, I, I love doing the show with you. It's, it's so good. Dude, it's so good. I'm telling you, man, <laughs> hey, this is why we create yeah. super hot fire, man. Yeah. Every podcast we've ever done – uh, for the producers podcast has been nothing but fire. Well, and, and that and that's also true. I mean, you talked about truth and those things. I mean, some things are th- some things are deep, but we also talk about what we feel we need to talk about. It's some some things can get deep. Yep. And hey, if it's on our hearts, you know we're going to talk about it. That's just what it is. Yep. So with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening to K 
KJ, a.k.a. Kamaj Adonis, you know? <laughs> Kamaj Adonis. Adonis, 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 Adonis. It's all right. Well, you know, hey, we're, it, we're working it out. <laughs> you, we are working it out. Um, and as <laughs> I'm telling you guys that it's going to stick. You just got to give it some time. Just keep listening, you know what I mean? Just yeah, keep listening. Keep coming it's, back. It's, it's, keep coming back. It's going to stick. But uh, you guys have a, a great rest of your day, and we look forward to catching up with you on another episode of the Producers Podcast. See ya!